0: Hi, this is AP and Spencer, two lawyers talking college sports and sports law in general. It is an unseasonably warm and yeah. beautiful day here at the, in the end of September in beautiful Portland, Oregon today. Yeah, how are you, you feeling? I'm feeling really good. I mean, it's, this is fall, man. And Oregon, Oregon tends to
1: have a nice kind of uh, extended summer, you know, from time to time. I right. mean, I'm looking at my Apple Watch and it says it's 82 degrees uh, high of 86 today in Portland. Not a
0: cloud in the sky. No. Uh,
1: totally blue. Sparkling water. I'm looking out my, my window here at the Willamette River. And uh, this is Oregon, man. And then this weekend we got USC. We got beavers. We got college football. I'm sipping a pumpkin spice latte right now, a cold one. And it's true. And it's an orange bottle. I couldn't be any more fall. I'm wearing a flannel. It's flannel. Friday flannel. Friday flannel. I was going to be Friday, Jersey, Jersey Friday. Normally, normally it's
0: Jersey Friday.
1: Right. And then Randy was like, we're wearing flannels today. She's the wife, you know, and I was like, okay, let's
0: do that. Flannels. Happy yeah. wife, happy life. Exactly. You live by that motto. So, sure. yeah,
1: so I couldn't be any more fall, to be honest, and unless we had some leaves sprinkled in here. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, things are going
0: great, Spence, and we've got sure. uh, more news, more things, and an exciting guest today. Absolutely. I'm super excited for our guest. Uh, but let's get started right off the bat here with some, with some exciting things happening at my alma mater, BYU. Uh, so, I... I, I honestly, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a, I'm a homer, but we talked about this a couple of weeks ago where BYU, the whole BYU football team all signed deals with the, uh, with the company called Built Bar where uh, all of the non-scholarship players were put on scholarship and then each of the scholarship players got $1,000 and all they have to do is just promote Built Bar and they, you know, they wear Built Bar on their jerseys and etc. It's a pretty cool thing.
1: Really cool. No, built bar, is that like the idea? It's like a health bar and you just it's get, like a health bar. You yeah. get straight built. Like That's you are. That's right,
0: like I am. They're exactly. Yeah, the same. They'll look
1: just like you.
0: If they if they yeah, play football and, and, and eat, and and eat billboards. Yeah, okay. So. I'm good. So good now way. but then this week, what was really exciting at BYU is that all of the all of the women BYU sports players, both scholarship and non-scholarship players, all got six thousand dollars each from a company called Smarty. Smarty Tech, and they're like a tech company. Smarty and, Tech, and uh, and anyways, um, they are all getting six thousand dollars each. So,
1: I mean, and I wonder that's that's, that's, that's nil agreement, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, and I wonder how they came up
1: with that number. I wonder just mathematically, because that's a lot of money per person,
0: right? Smarty I mean, Streets, I'm sorry, Smarty Streets. Smarty Streets, yeah.
1: And how, how many athletes do you think this is going to? This
0: is probably somewhere between two hundred. 200. 200 to two, two maybe two hundred to three hundred. That's um, a lot of guacamole. Athletics, uh, yeah. So three hundred female student athletes, three hundred female student athletes. That's about two million dollars. Wow. So so that's about a two million dollar deal. Now now and Smarty Streets is like a, uh, let's see, they're like a talent. Let's see, what are they? Um, and and the, so not only athletes, walk-ons and the Cougarettes also, which is BYU's kind of oh. really famous. Uh, dance team the Cougarettes the cougarettes yeah, so so anyways pretty awesome, so I don't know of any other school in the nation who is doing this kind of team wide yeah uh deal i you know or you know or like at all of the athletes are covered seems to me like there's 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 a lot of schools. There's a lot of individuals doing getting deals. You know, like Spencer Rattler. I know he's got a yeah. pretty good deal. There's a couple of players at Miami who have pretty good deals. Mm. You know, but but I don't know of any school as a whole like as a that's dealing that's doing it this way. So I guess I mean. What do you think about it? I mean, you know, of course, the NIO rules changed everything. But what do you what do you think about it at the outset?
1: You know, I like it. And I think that was the whole point of this. So it's not just going to a couple of people. But it's about equity. And it's about fun. About putting some money. And it's about promoting a product and letting athletes use their name, image, and likeness. Instead of it just being about, oh, let's get the star quarterback. He makes all the money. Everybody else on the team has no money. Uh, women's rowers are getting nothing. Women's soccer is getting Nothing. That, that's, I mean, I get like, that's like the pure capitalist model and this is a little bit more of an equitable model, right? Like, hey, you know, let's, let's let everybody get a little piece of this, especially women, you know, and let's, let's go across the board and let's make it even. How would you, I mean, I can't even imagine being 18 or 19 years old and in college, Spencer. I think my bank account was like thirty bucks then. I'm not Yeah, kidding. total, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I had a beater car. If someone said you got six grand company, I'd be like, holy cow, that's gonna cover me for the year on spending. Yeah, I'm going sure. to movies, I'm doing the whole thing. So that that's a huge, huge deal. That's really, really cool. And I love to see companies do that. As opposed to just like we gotta get the coach uh, quarterback rattler. That's it. That's the only guy that can market our cars and Come on, man. You can do some cooler things than that. And maybe instead of giving a million dollars to Rattler, you give a million dollars to 25, 30, 40 different people and use it all in kind. between, yeah. Yeah, and, and get creative with it.
0: And so, so I love in, it. So, in return for the money, monetary compensation, the athletes will be required to make periodic social media posts, attend various company a- events, including the company's annual Sub for Santa activity, <laughs> appear as talent and company marketing materials, and wear smarty street swag. I
1: would swag it up all day, So If someone's cut me a check for 6 grand, I'm yeah. I'm dancing, That's I'm right. wearing it. I don't care. I I mean, I'm a logo guy. You know, if you want to sponsor this show, I'll give you a
0: shout out. For sure, absolutely. Welch Green and Green. They're a sponsor. I'm shouting them out. Yeah. That's a good law for me. That's right. That's right. So, so I yeah, I like it too. I think it's I think it's really cool cuz I think one of the things we talked about when when the NIL rules were being changed was Okay, that's this is going to be great for the star quarterback or the yeah. star running back or whatever and you know maybe a couple of the better basketball players. And it has been, right? And yeah. A lot of those players are, <laughs> are making deals, but you're not hearing a lot of the kind of rank and file members of the of the college sports world de- dealing dealing making these kind of deals. You're you're getting, you know, a lot of the really pretty girls, uh well, you know, popular sports athletes, best athletes <clears throat> Are they're the ones who are getting the deals, but not necessarily the rank and file, you know? Right. And so I hear when I hear stuff like this, I think that's that's the way. If I was running a school, that's the way I would do it. As I would yeah. say, look, let's 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 make this universal. <laughs> let's make this fair. Let's make this equitable, and let's everybody get get uh, get. And because in that group, you're gonna get the influencers, right? Sure, you're gonna get yeah. the people who are gonna who are gonna be, really make a big deal about this, and other people may not take it as that big of a deal, but. But I, I just think it's a smart move on, on the part of BYU, and, I, and, I, and it you know just is another uh, testament to that BYU is out in front in this NIL stuff, and it's really cool. Yeah,
1: they're, they're doing a good job. I know. I was reading a little bit about Harvard was doing some stuff. There was a couple of Harvard athletes that were getting into it. and It's kind of fun to have a section of our podcast that's current name, image, and likeness deals or news because this is going to be a big thing that's going to unfold all year long. The whole, I mean all year. We're going to hear about, oh, they got this deal. Oh, how's that working? You know, oh, how's this? Right. And, and it's interesting to see. Like, I know, like, the quarterback for USC, uh, Slopes, Slopes, right? Yeah. He, he's got some big time deals. Do some of the offensive linemen? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe they got some kind of strange bar stool deal. Like, you get 1000 bucks if you do this. Right. And are they a little upset, thinking, gosh, I'm blood, sweat, and tears out here. I'm a scholarship athlete, too, and I'm getting. Nothing, and this guy's getting all of it, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just do a little underle and arriba. And The guy's gonna go right, and I don't think that's gonna happen.
0: No, no, but you know what I mean. Like it's just, this is a good way that BYU is doing it. I like it. All right, well, let's do a, something a little bit different this time, right? We're gonna, oh, remix. Did you oh. hear that? You yeah, hear that it? was wiggity wiggity whack. whack. That's, that's right. It? So we're gonna remix this because we're gonna do this a little bit differently. Normally, sure. right now. We would, you know, take a break and then we would uh, do our rules ed. But this time we're going to do rules ed first because then we're going to do a really fun interview, uh, which we're going to announce here in a minute. Okay, yeah. So yeah. stay with us. Yeah. Okay. So rules ed. So, so rules ed, what we do is we find uh, some school out there, a, a lot of times D1 school, D2 school, D3 schools, has an error. They, 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 do, they commit an NCA violation. And then, what we got is we got our resident expert here in AP, and what he does is he explains the rule. Yeah. And why the rule, what, what the violation was. Yep. All right, so we've got Georgia Tech. We've got Georgia Tech women's athletes, uh, women's basketball program on the docket. First of all, what do we know? What they do? Yeah, so
1: basically, the infractions committee decided that Georgia Tech women's basketball committed practice and coaching limit violations. When it required players to participate in countable athletically related activity, CARA, uh, that exceeded daily and weekly limits. So what does that mean? Well, so here, here's what it was getting into. And what were the punishments? We'll get into the punishments too. Here's what they were doing. And, and I know exactly how this works. Right? They would say, oh, hey, hey, guys, practice starts at two. Uh, and then a late breaking news report. We need to have you there at one. And they would won. what, oh And they would scramble down there and they would show up at like one fifteen or something and say, hey, you guys are a little bit late. We're gonna count this as starting at two. But they're there at one fifteen, And they're like, well, wait a minute, what? And they were getting fuzzy with start times, but then would count it as we started at two. But the players were really there at one fifteen, right? This happens a lot. Um, you know, or you would have basically like, okay, so they used a system, probably jump forward, a system like that where they would track so this is software to track countable athletically related activities. I had this before. So what the, the, the ops person would do, director of ops, would submit a CARA log. Yeah, everybody did 20 hours. And then they would require two or three students to sign off on it to make sure it's correct. That was a new feature that Jump Forward had added to, to add accountability to it. Right. Well, all the coaches are, or the, the athletes are afraid to object to it because if you object, it goes to the coach or it goes to compliance and then like an investigation goes into it. So then nobody wants to object. They're like, I'm not going to get harmed by uh, my coaches, so I'm just going to agree to it even though I don't agree to it. And it looks a little suspicious that every student athlete did 20 hours. Not one did 19. Nobody sat out sick. Nobody came late. Everybody did exactly 20. I had that happen at USC football. I would monitor CARA for USC football, and there were several times the director of ops, um, who has been on this podcast before, would submit CARA yeah. uh, logs and would say 20 hours. Every student athlete did 20 hours. And I would look at it and say, gosh, really? And I, let me, and not one person came in late, left early, got hurt, had to sit out. Every single person did exactly 20. Lifting, coaching, the whole thing. Well, no, no, I think there might have been. Yeah, I think that guy did actually leave. We got to get him right, guys, because people are signing off on inaccurate records. Well, sure enough, that's what the NCAA said here. They're signing off on records where they're just turning in blankly 20 hours a week, and it wasn't right. And the players were afraid to uh, object to them. It says uh, right here. Reports, care log reports, indicated each student athlete participated in an identical amount of time on identical amount of days. So it's laziness. It's saying, oh, I know the rule's 20. Just put in their 20. Everybody did 20. Right. But it wasn't 20. It was 25. It's 23. It's 22. Over time, this is a problem. The kids were signing off on it because they were afraid of retaliation. And so, you know, they also had graduate assistant coaches providing skill instruction. Can't do that. We've talked about that, right? Yeah. You can't have non-countable coaches... Coaching, you exceed your player limits. So there's, and this happens all the time, right? You have these GAs, these quality control guys, these assistant uh, helpers that be, that are ex-coaches that that know the sport and they want to coach. They provide skill instruction. You've exceeded your limit, and Kara, you've exceeded your Kara, and kids are afraid to report it, and you have lazy reporting here. So what happens? Three years of probation. That's right. a long time. So three years, if they come in a major in the next three years. It's like death penalty. Now, everybody's got to be really careful at Georgia Tech. They they get a small fine, $5,000 plus 1% of the budget, but still, a one-year show cause order for the former head coach, including suspension from 15% of regular season contests at any school that employs him. Whoa. It's big time. Five-year show cause order for the assistant coach. Five years. His his career's over. A comprehensive compliance review of Georgia Tech's athletic department by an outside law firm.
0: Yeah. So that's something that, that's something that is uh, really important to get done right and yes. to make sure that you're using a firm where they actually know what they're doing.
1: yeah yeah and I've heard that that the NCA used to require these audits every four years then the NCA stopped requiring that. Now what the NCA is doing, the brand new latest breaking thing is when they have a major or a big problem, they require you to hire someone from the outside a law firm that has compliance athletics compliance expertise gotcha. So you got to have a law firm that has someone on staff that has athletics compliance expertise, not just a great attorney, someone with compliance expertise right. that audits your staff, finds out what's working, what's not working, how do we fix this, and that never happens again. Right. So so more law firms are going to be hired uh, because of this new kind of thing, and, and specifically people that have compliance expertise in their law practice. And that's what Georgia Tech going to have to do. Some people's careers are over because they tried getting cute with the rules. A couple extra hours here, a couple extra hours there. Uh, they said, you know, uh, the, the committee classified this as a level two for right. the school and a level one aggravated for the former women's basketball assistant coach. So some level two, level ones. These are serious. These, these are these, big time. These, yeah, this is game changing. They're probably going to comp- uh, increase their compliance office by a person or two. They're going to spend... Probably five hundred thousand, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars by hiring an outside firm on retainer, and they're going to do a bunch of work for them. I think I know who what firm might get hired right. to do that, and um, and it's not good, right? And so you got to be really careful. This this is a real. The reason I'm harping on it is this happens quite a bit at schools where they get cute with the care rules, cute with monitoring, a cute meaning like they kind of know what they're doing, right. but they're trying to just get a little fuzzy with it. The kids are afraid to report it, and these kind of problems happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're exactly right, right? But it seems to me like a lot of... These are the type of rules that are still going to be enforceable through the NCA, right? Oh, yeah. These are not going away. I feel like a lot of the... These will be heightened. Right. That's what I was just going to say, mm-hmm. is I feel like a lot of the public's perception of the NCAA is this is this overarching, you know, uh, group of old old guys yep. who, are, who are, you know, forcing these college kids to work, you know, to have egregious hours and to not be able to benefit off their name like a and all of this stuff. Yeah. Right? And that stuff, that stuff has changed right now with the new NIL rules. But this underlying stuff of CARA, recruiting rules, uh, you know, countable coaches, that type of stuff is still going to be there as long as the NCA still exists. Yeah. And it will. And it has
1: to. There has to be rules on countable time. Otherwise, they just practice the kids 50 hours a week. Right. The, the NBA has rules on that when you can start practice when you can start preseason right but
0: the NBA has a union right, right. so the NBA the NFL they have a union that that protects the players so that the the union and the owners have negotiated yeah. uh this is how much this is how much practice time you can have us practice yep yeah. yeah. you know right I, but then there's no the diff, the only difference is is that there's no there's no cap on right on on other if you want to go out and do your own stuff you can do your own stuff whereas yeah. there's some there's some caps like that in college, right? Yeah. But, and what do you, but, well, and, and that's exactly right. Maybe, what do you think about having a union in, in the NCAA? Well, that, that's what the NCA is supposed to be, right? I mean, the NCA is supposed to be the equivalent of the union. It's, I, yeah, but it, the, the problem is I feel like there, 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 there isn't as much student athlete participation in some of these rules. Yeah. And, and negotiating, negotiating some of these rules. That's where I feel like the student athletes can step up a little bit. But, but you know that's that's the idea. I mean, to, correct me if I'm wrong, but to to me that's the way I look at the NCA. The NCA yep. is essentially there to protect the student athletes yep. and make sure that everyone's following the same rules for CARA and those types of things, yep. so that there isn't one school who's allowing kids to practice, who's requiring kids to practice fifty hours, yep. and the other school saying twenty hours.
1: Yeah, and Mark Emmert came out and said he does think recently. He said in the news he thinks that the NCA does need to be a little more decentralized. And more specific to the institution and the conference. What he's saying there is just like what happened in, M- in the name Image and Likeness. We're pushing this on the school. We're pushing it to you. Your staffs are gonna have to get bigger, and we're requiring you to hire attorneys right. to do things. Right. So so the legal side of sports is gonna get huge over the next one, two, three, four years because schools are gonna be forced is a part of their punishment to hire law firms on the outside to come in and do things for them. It's not a choice anymore. Right. And so the the, the the law firms that have expertise in compliance, expertise in monitoring, auditing, are, are going to have a windfall because you're going to have a lot of these schools that are going to be forced to do that. And schools are going to have bigger burdens on them, not left just with the NCA. Right. So there's changes coming. And name, image, and like, this was kind of the first break of that. You're here, you know, And this will be interesting to see how this comes down. But this is another example of... Uh, uh, coach has gone wild a little bit, yeah, right? And, right? And monitoring is poor. Student athletes are worried. Major violations. Probation. Hire an attorney. Uh, and it says right in there, we would like to thank our legal team and our compliance staff right here. I'd like to thank Georgia Tech president and our legal and compliance teams for all they have done to support student staff throughout this process. Right. Stansbury. Todd Stansberry used to be work at Oregon State. That's right. I know Todd Stansberry, yeah, actually. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, you know, it's kind of funny how that works. It's a small world in sports, and uh, legal practice is going to get um, more and more aggressive. And I've, I've heard that from people, that that's kind of going to be the focus on on, if you want to work in sports law, things are going to be booming in the college level over the next
0: five years or so. So think about it. All right, so now let's... I think it's time for us to go to the phones here. So yeah, so we've got a really exciting guest. We're going to introduce him here in a minute. Uh, but let's, 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 let's take a break and then let's go to the phones. Let's do it. All right, this is AP and Spence, two lawyers talking college sports and sports law in general. We're going to the phones. Who we have on the phones today?
1: We have a great guest. Uh, you know, Jose Eskenazi is his name, and he's the associate athletic director strategic partnerships social video brand and licensing for USC the Trojans my Trojans your Trojans and i got the opportunity to to work with uh, Jose when i was in athletic compliance there at, at USC i have a lot of respect for Jose and he's really good at what he does i always liked him he's got a cool background too you know he's i uh, you know i think he's into i'll let him talk about himself but he, you know he's into music and different things and and i thought let's let's see if we can get this guy on the podcast and and he was gracious enough to give us some of his time on a friday afternoon um so jose first of all how you doing man
2: good doing great thank you guys for having me appreciate the opportunity to chat uh, you know all things college sports especially with two lawyers i mean <laughs> how much more fun can one
1: have on a Friday oh you got two <laughs> lawyers in the room and you know it's a part oh, of it right yeah. we try to keep things real here <laughs> oh, for sure yeah, absolutely <laughs> you know and so well jose uh, i was hoping we could start off maybe just if you could give the listeners just a little bit of your background i mean how did you how did you find yourself in doing what you're doing and at usc
2: yeah i um you know, it's funny. I, I never had imagined myself working in, in in college sports or in sports for that matter. I, as you mentioned, I have a huge affinity for music and, and uh, enjoy, you know, concerts and and and, uh, and, and some some good guitar and, and that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, when I was actually at school here at USC, I interned in the athletic department and sort of developed an affinity for for all things sports. And uh, fortunately, got an opportunity out of school to go work for Nike, and was up in your neck of the woods for. Uh, a number of years up in Oregon and I really enjoyed the space and the time I spent there and uh, you know evolved into being you know marketing promotions sales uh, the sponsorship realm while I was at Nike we, we actually pursued partners to partner with Nike on big events and things of that nature so I got involved there from a the partnership and strategic partnership side of things. And I uh, got to travel a lot and see the world, and, and uh, I'm originally from Brazil, and this was when uh, Nike had signed the Brazilian national team to their big team deal, and so sort of by, by sheer luck, they ended up
1: with a kid that knew how to speak Portuguese working with the Brazilian national team. Wow. <laughs> so, um, wow. Uh,
2: which, soccer was, was my first love the, the real football, as we call it. Um, And and then, you know, the job evolved And eventually I I moved back to Los Angeles And ended up working at the LA Times And it was good to get out of sports for a little bit And sort of see what it meant to work in in an environment uh, Different than sports And a real traditional corporate environment And it was very interesting selling advertising And doing, um, you know, non-traditional revenue partnerships Because at the time, newspapers were just selling print ads And this was when they they began to dabble in the internet and have websites, and and the business began to shift, and it sort of opened my eyes to the sort of non-traditional revenue streams that existed. And then uh, I eventually ended up coming to SC, and that was now 18 years ago. And uh, the role has evolved a little bit over time, but it started originally with this concept of doing our own corporate partnerships internally here at USC, which we did for many, many years until eventually like with most schools we ended up outsourcing it um but uh you know it's, it's uh, been, a, been a great ride and a lot of fun and a lot of change uh but that's the nature of, of the business especially when you've been somewhere for such an extended period of time
1: oh yeah yeah that what an amazing story amazing background and i'm sure you've seen a lot of change over the years <laughs> i i bet you i know for me when i when i returned to oregon I put on a couple of pounds because it's raining and I'm not getting outside as much. I don't know if you had that experience or not. Oh yeah, especially
2: yeah. and then also at the time being exposed to like micro all the time. Yeah, <laughs> right, I
1: know, like I, know. I know. Bison,
2: those heavy, you know, beers.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, so okay, well that's cool. So in your role, you know, I, you know, I guess t- touching on a few things, uh, I guess partnerships in general, you know do you guys have something in mind like these are the type of companies we want to partner with or these are the type of brands or how do you approach that and kind of those decisions? Yeah, I mean,
2: definitely there's a reputational aspect to it and the type of company that we do partner with. But, you know, for the most part, you're looking in categories that, you know, the companies all relatively, you know, have very similar uh, makeups and similar reputations you know insurance you know between state farm and all state and, you know geico you know they're all sort of in a, in a similar you know space where, where we as a university have had to shift and make changes are in ca- selected categories of business so uh you know recently we just got approved to be able to do a casino resort partnership which usc stayed away from in the past but knowing that we need to open up and generate new revenue streams it was a category that we went to and we recently signed on Pechanga uh, Resort and Casino, which is a, one of the Indian tribal uh, casinos here in Southern California. And so that's a huge uh, win for us and for our group to be able to go after and secure someone of that, of that size and nature. And, and there's a lot of good synergy there too is because Pechanga also wants to give to you know educational opportunities that are outside of athletics for their tribal members and, and, and young people. Be able to pursue an education here at USC. So there's a lot of synergy, and it, and it makes sense from that perspective.
1: Yeah, that's cool. It's kind of a win-win sort of idea. Those are always the best deals you can do, and that's really cool. That's that's exciting for USC. It's a nice new revenue stream there, and be kind of fun to see different categories come and and uh, so I'm I'm assuming you've heard of this name, image, and likeness change in the NCAA rules and. And athletes now can kind of use their name, image, and likeness to, uh, you know, profit. They can, they can, uh, are you involved in in any of that? And if so, how's it working at at SC? Yeah.
2: Uh, Yes, uh, definitely involved. Uh, Part of a group, we have an NIL committee that was established as we navigate through this. You know, it's a little different here in California compared to some other states where they went, um, their their NIL uh, legislation was passed and, and was uh, started in the summer, right, around July 1st. In California, it was, it was delayed a little bit until September uh, 1st. So we're, we are just initially out of the gate, but there's you know a couple of nuances and differences from state to state. I, I think it's a fantastic thing. I think it's great for our student athletes. I think our, our biggest role here initially is gonna be one of being an educational resource and helping uh, the athletes sort of pinpoint pitfalls that may exist. Because it's, you know, at initial glance, it's like, oh, my God, here we go. I can finally earn money making money off of my own image and my own likeness. But, you know, what are some of the, the pitfalls and some of the things that they need to be aware of? One, you know, immediately out of the gate is like the tax implications that may exist and may, may, that may impact them. You know, they think they're getting $1,000 for an appearance, but then at the end of the year, they're going to get their 1099 and it's not really 1000 bucks anymore. Yeah. So, you know, just things to be wary of They, you know, should have adequate representation. It's a little bit of a challenge because we cannot pair a rules, be involved in any of the negotiation parts of this. You know, we can't be an intermediary or negotiate on behalf of the athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that, that's an interesting dynamic, but we can definitely help provide them some insight and help them understand. You know, you got to understand who it is that you're partnering with, who it is that you're allowing to use your name and like likeness to make sure that your reputation stays intact as an athlete because, you know, you only get one shot at it, right? And if, it, if, if, if that part of it kind of messes up reputationally, it could impact you in your professional playing career down the road. Who knows?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I was curious, are athletes allowed at USC to maybe enter a contract with something that's kind of contrary to what USC has? Like if they're a Nike school and someone says, oh, you know, I'm contracting with Reebok and I'm going to wear Reebok shoes, uh, right. Have you heard of any of those issues or any concerns there with any of yeah,
2: that? There are definite concerns. and that, that This whole space is so new and, and still a little bit nebulous. But as I understand it, they, they can, a student athlete could, let's say, we're Nike, obviously. So if they were to enter into an NIL deal with Adidas, they can do that. And it's of their own choice. What they can't do is they can't represent themselves as a USC athlete with Adidas in that context. Mm. So it could be, you know, just for lack of a name, Keaton Slovis, and he's out there wearing Adidas' his newest gear and does his own social media posts or whatever. But when it comes time to compete on the field, he has to wear what the team is wearing, which is Nike, so it doesn't necessarily impact it from that perspective. But it well, does create some confusion, Yeah, but it's an area of concern. Yeah. Um, I don't believe that legally a school could stop an athlete uh, from entering into a partnership that may be considered a conflict as long as there is no representation of the school within that context.
0: Yeah. So let's say that the student athlete doesn't have a conflict. So, for example, Slovis, to use your example, signs a, a nil deal with Nike. Would he then would 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 Mr. Slovis then have to get approval from USC in order to use USC gear in like an ad or something like that? Would that be possible?
2: Yeah, uh, that that that's one that's still being uh, I I guess vetted a little bit because. As it stands right now, USC's interim policy does not allow for NIL activities to be co-branded. Mm. right? Yeah uh, I think Stanford is also that way, but then there are other schools. I, again, the, the, the part of the big issue is that there's no like uh, national standard, right? Everything is different from state to state. So um, uh, whereas he could as of right now, he could enter his own Nike agreement, but we would not do anything co-branded at this point. We're, You yeah. know, one of the things we're trying to look at is if it's someone that is a partner of ours that has trademark logo rights like a Nike, then could we allow it? Part of the issue, I think, especially here at USC, is we've never licensed our marks and logos to be utilized by an individual. It's always been by a company, right? Um, mm. So, yeah. it, it's just an interesting, you know, we so we wouldn't necessarily license the athlete to use the mark, you know? Um yeah, it would have to be you know if, if if the athlete I guess has his own ll his or her own LLC let's say and they're making apparel, then in theory we could license that company. Um, but again, it's it it's all going to change. You know, in the next three months, next six months, there'll be you know new uh, you know amendments to these you know guidelines and things that'll just continue progressing
1: oh yeah it's it's crazy where yeah and different policies change <laughs> and then different stances change it'll unfold for a few years well it
0: unpacks it's pretty amazing stuff though. it's already changed so much just in the last couple of months right I yeah. Mean, yeah yeah
2: absolutely i mean one thing right out of the gate that was huge were these nfts right nfts everybody wants to do nfts yeah right and, and then the, suddenly the the the, the market for NFTs bottoms out, right? drops like 90%. (laughs) And then there's all sorts of other things that that people don't know. Is like the strain that NFTs, because they're tied to cryptocurrency, puts on on the environment. The energy consumption to run those things is off the charts, which I had no idea until we started looking into it. So it's like, do you really want to get into this thing right now? With, you know, NFTs, is that really where you want to make your big splash as as your, you know, quote-unquote, first thing out of the chute, out of the gate? You know, it all depends. You know, the initial desire, you know, was like, oh, yeah, we can do this. We can get these athletes and we can make a ton of money. Uh, but is it sustainable? And that, that's, you know, part of the question, too. And, again, that's part of that. That's, we need to educate them. We need to make sure that they're aware of, you know, you know both the pros and cons and all these deals, you know, and, and areas that they're getting involved with just so that they have all the information and make a wise choice and wise decision for themselves.
0: So are you, are you sitting down with the athletes kind of as a group? You know, are you sitting down with them individually? Because these rules are so complicated, right? And they're they're changing seemingly every week. You know, are you having just like weekly updates with the athletes? Or is this something that you're just doing on an individual basis?
2: Yeah, most of it is is constant interaction between our compliance staff and the athletes. We have, we're using an app uh, through a company called Influencer that helps us because the state of California requires that every transaction be reported to the institution. And so the app allows them sort of a, you know, streamlined way to to do that. The app also has a ton of educational resources on, you know, different types of companies, um, industries, and, and, uh, you know, categories of business that they could look at and want to get involved with. Um, So, you know, the interaction is more, I think, on a day-to-day basis on the compliance side. But then we get involved, you know, as needed, you know, at a higher level if things progress. You know, and, and we need to provide you know more insight or ask questions and things of that nature.
1: Yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, COVID has added a layer of complexity to some of this with changing rules constantly in the name, name image, and likeness, and the the whole compliance space is kind of ever evolving and changing, and then it impacts everything that everybody does and. Yeah, but I always feel like USC has always been kind of a forefront of, of a lot of good things, and, and they're going to do the same thing here. But I know that just speaking of sustainability, I think USC prides itself on it being a pretty sustainable uh, uh, you know, campus and, and what they do, and at least – so you're right. I mean, athletes can get themselves into things that they didn't intend, and later go, "Gosh, I just saw this as a nice way to make twenty five hundred bucks. Now I've got my name tied to this and that." And right. helping to navigate through all those nuances is complex. I mean, both both legally and then socially, and and their yeah. career down the road, and and uh, but then the school can't really be its the visor. You know what I mean? So it's a right. It's, it's just an
2: odd, the whole thing is just set up so oddly. It just needs you know, that desperately will eventually need some type of a nationalized standard because, yeah. you know, I mean, what, what they do in the South versus the West and the Midwest is all, you know, it can all be different. I think one of the other criteria is if your state doesn't have NIL legislation,
1: then you make up your own guidelines. And it's like, well, what does that even mean? What does that mean? Yeah, that's, that is never a good idea. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. You know, and and
2: it's Important for especially the athletes and, and, and their, their families is, is some perspective, right? Because the initial thought is like, oh my God, we're going to make millions of dollars. And it's like, well, yeah, it doesn't really work that way. No, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He- although you do hear stories of what's the quarterback that. Enrolled early at Ohio State from Texas and got like a million dollar memorabilia deal. Right. Something, right. But he hasn't even played it down. Yeah, I, know, like, I know. You know. You kind of wonder like, what's the real motivation behind these deals? And it's like, is the company just not smart?
1: <laughs> yeah, you wonder, you worry about, about that.
2: Like an awful, awful big risk,
1: you know. Yeah, not the best business decision. It'll be interesting to see what these deals look like two, three, four, five years from now and what shakes out with Great. it. But
0: Yeah, we always talked that there was going to be a, this huge this huge boom, yeah. and then things were going to come back down and be regular, right? It like, could be, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting to see,
1: you know. And, and and now I know that there's a new commissioner for the Pac-12, and and uh, you know, there's been talk. I, I hear mixed reviews on the the Pac-12 network, and and you know what benefits it gives both to USC and just the conference as whole. Well. So, <laughs> some some like it, some don't. Uh, you know, do you foresee uh, that deal or the or kind of how how games are televised or shown or packaged being different under this new leadership in a couple couple of years? Um,
2: I don't know if it's so much necessarily how games are televised will be different. I think that, well, there's two things, right? There's there's your standard network TV contracts that exist. So for the Pac-12, it's Fox and ESPN, right? There's that side of it. And then there is the conference-owned network side of it, which in our instance is the Pac-12 network. And then, like, in the Big Ten, you have the Big Ten network and SEC network, you know, in SEC and others. The big, the big difference is that the way that it's structured with our conference is that the conference owns 100% of the network, whereas in the Big Ten and the SEC, the conference owns 50% of that network with the balance being owned by the network. In the case of the Big Ten network, it's Fox, and in the case of SEC, it's ESPN. The chat, you know, While owning 100% of network was a great concept initially back when the Pac-12 network was first established... Because the thought was, what, you know, if we can get the distribution we need, it'll be a boon for the conference because you're not splitting the revenues on subscription, uh, you know, through cable operators and satellite operators with anyone else other than, you know, it'll, it'll all come to the conference. The problem was is that we don't get the distribution without the leverage that those other TV networks had or have over the distributors, whether it's cable operators or satellite providers. All right. And so the Pac-12 was sort of left out. You know, in the dark, in terms of a direct TV dis- distribution, which is you know millions and tens and you know, millions of homes that you know you're getting zero out of uh, from a from a subscription uh, or revenue point of view, and so that really impacted. It. So that's going to be initially one thing: the distribution strategy, the Pac-World Network, is going to have to change, uh, I think, to be able to get the conference to the level of where you see the dollars.
1: That the Big Ten and the SEC receive, which is a huge disparity now because of that lack of distribution. Yeah, that's that's an excellent. Uh, thank you for that analysis. I I didn't know any of that, and that's that you said that perfectly, and and that makes total sense. And I learned something new there. And and I mean, obviously, getting that. The, that money uh, increases facilities, which increases recruiting and, and talent on the field, and then you get better coaches, and it can, it can help your whole conference. And, yeah, and, and where you're starting to, I think, see a big impact now is that the
2: number of years that places like the SEC and the Big Ten have been able to sort of, for lack of a better word, you know, cobble together, pocket all of this additional money, is you can only do so many improvements for football, right? A lot of them have done it already. Now they have all this extra money, and what are they using on? They're going out and hiring better coaches in other sports, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I think that's
1: where you're starting to see where, where this, this money is making a big difference in the other areas, um, oh, oh, that's, you know, where, where they can end up spending. That's a great point. I mean, you go think, I'm, we're going to go get the best women's soccer coach, and we're going to go get the best, you know... Uh, uh, Whoever you know, baseball coach here and we got some extra money and let's upgrade this facility. And then everybody benefits the all boats rise basically. And, and uh, yeah, that's a, that's a big deal. Hopefully they can get that going. Well, you know, uh, Jose, uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for joining our podcast today on a Friday afternoon. You did a great job. Always uh, really respected what you did for USC. You helped USC athletics a lot. And that's my alma mater. And uh, I love watching them. Hopefully we can get a, a uh, uh, home run uh, hire for a football coach and, and, and really get uh football rocking and rolling. I know that helps probably everybody I would imagine.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, football sort of steers the ship, right? The better they do, the better everyone else will do. Uh, so that'll be, it'll be huge for us. We'll see where we go down the road and hopefully, you know, with the guys that are here now and the, the staff that's in place now, we can win a couple games and still end up having a, yeah. a successful season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Beat the Beavs this weekend. And, uh, Go from there, yeah. you know. And <laughs> Spencer, were you going to say something? Oh, I was just
0: going to say. Then you got a tough game at the end of the year against BYU. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah,
1: Spencer's a BYU yeah. alum, and oh,
0: there we
1: go. yeah, big big fan. So we'll be down for that game, checking it out, and. And uh, we'll see if USC can get revenge on that loss. You know, yeah. Right. Yeah. There. I think it was
2: Slovis's first start a couple
1: of years ago. Was when he started at yeah. BYU, right? That's exactly right. Threw a couple yeah. picks. They were dropping eight, I think, and he was the throwing-
0: I- I'm not looking. I mean, I'm looking forward to that game because it'll be my first game in the Coliseum. But yeah. I'm I'm not looking forward to it because I think oh. USC is going to come out with their hair on fire. <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous yeah. about that. Well, yeah, we'll
2: see. We just need we need to stay healthy. You know, it's funny. It's so odd too, closing out a season at home with someone that. It's not UCLA or Notre Dame. I'm trying
1: to remember the last time we even oh. did that. Yeah. Yeah. Strange. You know? Very strange. Especially like if USC has already either been eliminated from the Pac twelve South or has won it and locked it up. It's it's like yeah. one extra game. Um, but it won't impact the conference. it's it's a strange. It's a strange sort of uh we'll see how it works. Um, I know BYU travels pretty well.
0: Yeah, they do. Um, so yeah, there's yeah, they do.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know, we'll see how that goes. I'm a little nervous about it, but we'll we're three
0: and zero against the Pac-12 right now, so look out. I know,
1: I know, I know right? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs>
0: it's crazy.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> the conference. Yeah, BYU's doing pretty well. Well, Jose, uh, have a good weekend, man. I really appreciate your time. Hopefully, we can stay in touch and maybe we can get you back on the podcast again, as uh, you know, to check in. And I uh, wish you and your family all well. And we'll talk soon, sir. Thank you. To you as well. You guys take care. Appreciate the opportunity, and uh, yeah, anytime you guys want me on, uh, I'm more than happy to participate if I can. Sounds great, Jose. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon. Take right. care. Have a great weekend, guys. You too. Take Bye. All right.
0: Bye. All right, that was an incredible conversation with Jose. Mm. That, 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 he blew me away. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm serious. We've had a lot of guests on him. We've had yeah. some awesome guests. Yeah. Oh yeah. He blew me away. That was so, his explanations were so clear, concise, so helpful. A yeah. lot of things I'd never heard of and even thought about before.
1: Yeah. We learned about the, the PAC 12 network and how it's kind of structured and what needs to change, you know, how name image and likeness is working. Some of the pitfalls I hadn't even considered what goes into partnerships and strategic partnerships, and the Pechanga—I uh, don't know if you have ever heard of it, but it's a yeah. huge casino. Oh yeah, you know it's like it's it's bigger than Spirit Mountain Casino right. here, For you know. Sure. But but it's a and that's a I really know right where game. it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so uh, you know, and, and I've I've actually been there before, and so that's kind of cool, you know. And, Did you and, make some
0: money there? Oh there...
1: uh, well, yeah, I think I lost twenty bucks. Okay, you know, I'm a right. big time gambler. I roll. With like a twenty,
0: yeah, that's and
1: it. and that's it, <laughs> man. And then I'm gonna go get uh, there all you can eat, you know, prime rib. You're not gonna hold me back, yeah, for sure. I'm there to party, for man. For sure,
0: let's let you know, get some good food and get two uh,
1: cokes, and I'm out. Yeah, and
0: know? lose twenty bucks and move on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, but
1: but yeah, we we talked to this is the hot button issues, coaches change, name, image, and likeness, Pac twelve leadership change, yeah. partnerships. Um, you know, so we're talking to really relevant guests. He did a great job. He's always done a fantastic job at USC, Jose Eskenazi. And we talked to him, associate athletic director, strategic partnerships, social video brand and licensing. He's got a big title because he's a big man. That's there right. you go. Yeah, you know, and he did a great job for us. So, hopefully, we can get him back on the show. So, anyway, Spence. Um, so
0: last week, last week I've got something for you here. Yeah, last week you went four and zero in your picks. Okay. 4-0 in your picks. Incredible job. Yeah, because you called me out. You said, I need better from you, Aaron. Yeah, because you, uh, you had two weeks in a row of two, yeah. two and two. You said, you're not a 500 guy. No. There and we go. That's your, that's your win. That's you got, bling that's right your, there. That's your bling right uh, there. Let's do it again. Yeah. Bling. All right. Boom. Uh, bling,
1: bling. You know what I mean? And 4-0. Uh, you picked yeah.
0: them all. You even called... The Alabama-Florida game. You said it was a – I think it was a 14-and-a-half-point spread, and you said it was going to be close, and it was a two-point game with Florida missing a two-point conversion at the end of the game to potentially tie the game. Yeah, yeah. So that was – I mean that was like Nostradamus. Level. Yeah, Nostradamus came out because he, ca-
1: he called me out, and I was like, you're right, coach. I need to get better. I took a knee. I heard the coaching, and I'm like, I'm coachable. I'm going to – next week, 4 No.
0: This week – I might go 4-0 again. Okay, this week we've got some we've got some tough choices here. Okay? All right. I'm ready. So we're gonna start out with the Notre Dame Irish visiting Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Notre Dame's number twelve, Wisconsin's eighteen. Notre Dame hasn't looked good the first few weeks. They've eked by a couple of teams at home. And, they're, and Wisconsin is actually a six-and-a-half-point favorite at Camp Randall. Who do you got in that game?
1: I got Whiskey with the win by seven.
0: By seven. Okay, yeah. so they'll yeah. cover. They will
1: cover. Okay. Whiskey,
0: they're ready for a good win.
1: Notre Dame, that's going to be a good game to watch. But Wisconsin, I could see it being like a 28-21 type game.
0: 9 a.m. kickoff on yeah. Fox. So that's yeah. going to be a good one. Yeah. Uh, next game is Texas A&M at Arkansas. Arkansas has been a little bit of a surprise. People mm-hmm. didn't really think they were going to be any good. All of a sudden, they beat Texas. They've beaten some good teams. Texas A&M hasn't looked great. They barely squeaked by Colorado. This is on the road at Arkansas. Texas A&M is only a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Who do you got in that game? Upset
1: alert. We got Arkansas Whoa. is going to get it done. Arkansas. Texas A&M is not a playoff team. I'm sorry, Drew Diener. They're not a playoff team. They're a good team. They're going to lose. But it's going to be a close game. I see Arkansas by three gonna be a grind it out. Arkansas gets the win. They're rushing the field. Let's go.
0: That would be a that would be a heck of a, a heck of a win. Um, all right. So the next game that we're gonna talk about is we've got Nebraska two and two, but have looked good. Looked good against Michigan State, who really hasn't played anybody other than they whipped up on Miami. So we got this is at Michigan State four o'clock p.m. on FS1. MSU is a five point favorite. Who you got in that game?
1: I got. It. Michigan State winning it. Nebraska is is a little bit of a paper tiger. They look pretty good. Michigan's going to get the win. It's going to bust that bubble a little bit on Nebraska.
0: All right. Now, this this la- there aren't really a ton of great games, really, tomorrow. Yeah. Um, the last one, uh, this is just going to be a question for you. Uh, oh No, we'll go with this one. Okay, we got West Virginia at Oklahoma. Oklahoma's a 17-point favorite. West Virginia's looked pretty good. Oklahoma's looked a little shaky. They have, yeah.
1: I could see Oklahoma winning that uh, by around 17. I'm going to go Oklahoma by 14.
0: Okay. So West, West, you'd pick West Virginia to cover. To cover, but Oklahoma's going to Oklahoma win. Oklahoma will win. Okay, yeah. well, all right. Yeah. I, I think those are pretty good picks. Now, who does USC have this weekend? we got the Beavers. Oregon say Beavers,
1: 730 on Fox. And USC is going to win it. I don't think it's going to be the big blowout that they got against uh, Washington State. Slovis is back. Uh, Dart had surgery. He's going to be out a few weeks. He had a minor tear. Uh, so Slovis is going to be the starter. He's going to start, and he's going to play well. He's been hearing negative headlines all week. USC will win by
0: about 14-17. All right. My, my BYU Cougars has got. have, have the Bulls of UCF, or USF, University of South Florida, uh, we're 23 and a half point favorites huge number. I see us winning but not covering. Yeah. So I think it's going to be I think it's going to be closer. Uh rumor is that our uh, second string quarterback is going to be starting that game. Uh, and so we'll see how it goes. I we're going to win. I think we're going to push them around. We're we're bigger, stronger, faster than them. But I think that it's going to be closer than 23 and a half.
1: I can see a 21 point win,
0: something yeah, like that. Something yeah, something like that. Oh, but I do I do think we're going to win and it'll and it'll be a it'll be a good win, but it we'll move to 4-0 in back-to-back years for the first time ever in BYU's history. Yeah, 4-0, and and you're just staring down the barrel of a Trojan game at the end of the season. Yeah, imagine if we're 11-0 and we go, to, and we go there and oh. at 11-0. I mean, it would be crazy. Anyways, all right. Well, everybody have a great weekend. Watch some college football. You know, watch maybe some NFL too, but Absolutely. just enjoy, enjoy the weekend and enjoy if you can get out there, enjoy the sun. I love it. Everybody fight on and go Cougs. Yeah, yeah go Cougs for sure.